0: This is Nurse User News for the week of November 5th, 2018, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hartman-Baker. Today's guests are Jay Srinivasan and Nick Wright. Jay is the Nurse 9 project manager, and Nick is the Nurse 9 chief architect. Fun fact, both Jay and Nick are PhD chemists. Jay and Nick, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: All right, so today's topic is NERSC 9. So we've just announced NERSC 9 last week.
1: Yeah, so NERSC 9 is, as you've probably heard, is a Cray system that we're getting. It's based on the Shasta architecture of Cray, and it's a machine that has CPU nodes and GPU-accelerated nodes. It's a machine that is targeted to be about three to four times the performance of our current Cori system and uh, it has a few things in it that are interesting. One is it has a next-generation Cray interconnect called Slingshot, which is a HPC Ethernet-compatible interconnect, and it has an all-flash file system, which we expect will be very useful for our data-intensive users as well as our simulation users.
0: Okay, um, so it's called Perlmutter, right? So why did, why did we decide to name it that?
1: Yeah, so Saul Perlmutter is a Nobel Prize-winning physicist at Berkeley Lab, and he and his group sort of pioneered the use of the kind of computers that NERSC provides to do both data-intensive analysis as well as traditional HPC simulations, and we thought it would be very appropriate to name our system after someone who's used NERSC resources and is a NERSC user to do the kind of world-changing science that Berkeley Lab is well-known for.
0: Okay. Okay. So when can users expect to log on to Perlmutter?
1: Yeah, so right now we've announced the system and the system will be delivered in the fall of 2020. And between now and then there's a whole bunch of things that we're doing to get ready for the system. We're doing a pretty big uh, facility upgrade at the center to get prepared for installing the system. And so that's kicking off now and it'll go on until the early part of 2020. Also, between now and uh, this time the system is delivered, we're working with the vendor in a number of areas to make sure that the system is going to be ready for us and the technology is going to be usable. And uh, a number of groups at NERSC are working with the vendors on, on those kinds of activities. We're also getting our users ready for the system. And one of the things we're doing is um, we'll have a GPU testbed at NERSC that'll help our users get ready for the kinds of technology that'll be available in, in the new system.
0: Okay, so now we procure new machines every couple of years, so what kind of legwork do we do to prepare for deciding what to get?
2: So typically we make our procurement and our buying decisions based on input from three different areas. We spend a large amount of time doing a market survey, talking to vendors, understanding what technologies are going to be out there in the time frame that we're interested in having the machine delivered. We do a, f- a large amount of workload analysis on the machine. We understand what our users are actually doing on the machine today. We measure how much file system is used and in what way. We measure which applications are being run and how much time is being spent in each one. And we do a fair amount of benchmarking related to that to understand the performance characteristics of those applications. And finally, we, as part of the Department of Energy's Exascale Requirements gathering efforts, we did a series of workshops in collaboration with Argonne and Oak Ridge Leadership Computing Facilities in order to understand the scientific use cases looking out into 2020 and beyond.
0: Okay. So how did we come up with this particular architecture? I mean, I'm particularly curious. NERSC has never had GPUs on their machines, so why start now?
2: Well one of the things that's important as we look into the future of computing is that in order to get more and more performance users have to be able to exploit the potential of energy efficient technologies such as GPUs. So in the current machine the energy efficient architecture is the nice landing processor. In the NERS9 time frame we decided that the best available technology in that time frame for our users is GPUs. One of the Principal reasons is that the software stack and the maturity of the programming model for GPUs has really matured in the last several years, and we believe that they're much more usable than they used to be. Secondly, there's a much larger memory capacity on the GPUs themselves, so the users will, when they're writing the code, be able to focus on programming the GPU itself rather than focus on moving the data between the CPU and the GPU.
0: Okay, so what do we see for the exascale era? a continuation
2: of this path? Or? Yeah, so as, as we move towards the exascale era, energy-efficient computing is going to become more and more important. And the exascale era is also starting to, to butt into the end of Moore's Law kind of computing, and so the performance gains that you're gain, getting from each individual process shrink is becoming less and less. So that's driving us towards a world of extreme heterogeneity. And so we're expecting in the next 10 timeframe, which would be in 2024 or 2025, several different kinds of heterogeneous energy-efficient accelerators that our users would need to use in order to continue to get more and more performance over over the previous machine. So one of the things we're doing in this area, and I believe you're talking to Brandon Cook about this next Mm -hmm. week, Rebecca, is performance portability is to ensure that all of these different kinds of heterogeneous elements are as transparent to the user as possible.
0: Okay. All right, so uh, switching gears a little bit, so both of you guys are chemists, so how did you go from being chemists to working on Nurse 9
1: Well, you know, a lot of the work I did in graduate school was on computers and simulations and after I worked for a while on it, I, I found I was more interested in, uh, in figuring out how these computers run and how to run them well than to actually do chemistry on them, So that's why I switched over to, to helping run these systems.
2: Okay. Yeah, I had a very similar experience. I had much more fun writing code and debugging code and understanding how the computer was running the code than the chemistry I was learning about with the code. And so I had a similar kind of career trajectory to Jay. I moved from being a, a domain scientist to someone who's uh, supported domain scientists doing science on the supercomputer.
0: Okay. right, so to
2: finish up, three things that you want NERSC users to know. So I think the first one is you may be a little scared of using GPU computing, but don't be. We have a really rich NERSC Exascale Scientific Applications Program that will be the subject of next week's podcast, which is really something that's here to help you get your applications up and running on GPUs. We'll also have the ability to use OpenMP on the GPUs in the nurse 9 timeframe. So it will be a much more productive environment and users really should not be scared.
1: I would say from the system side, it's the, the, the whole environment is going to be pretty familiar to people. I think we're working pretty hard to make sure that a lot of the things that people like at Nurse in terms of how they access our supercomputers and what kind of tools are available and what kind of features they have are are gonna be available on ProMinder as well. We just think that all be better in the time frame ranging from, you know, the performance of the file system to, you know, all all the way to the the performance of the of the software tools that are available on the system. Right in addition, we are also working really hard to make sure that the resources that are there on this heterogeneous system are something or that the users can access seamlessly as they've done before on purely CPU-based systems. Okay. The Slingshot network is also something we're
2: really excited about. Uh, it has a lot of advanced features in it for reducing the congestion in the network. So one of the things we hear from our users often is that on Korean and on Edison the performance is variable. Sometimes they run one day and it runs uh, twice as slow as it did on the previous day. On the new Slingshot system, there's a lot of advanced traffic management features and congestion features in the network that should help with that kind of issue that our users are seeing today.
0: All right, great. Well, those are three great things. So thank you very much, Jay and Nick, for joining me today.
2: Thank you. Thank you.